Dusky goes through it again. Oh, he just can't do it. You just cannot be that good. That is an amazing goal. I think he's scored a goal every time he's had a shot. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the final European edition of the 50 Plus One football podcast for a while. We're going to round up match week six of the UEFA Champions League. And joining me, as always, is the Messi to my Ronaldo, Lewis. Oh, we're going old school with the metaphors today. That's right, guys. This is the last European episode of 2020, but... Do not fear, we shall be back in 2021 when the round of 16 commences. But today, we will be looking, as Billy said, at match day six, starting with the lovely Group H, where it was all to play for between Manchester United and RB Leipzig, as well as the Group B, where we have had a nice little toss-up between Mönchengladbach and Real Madrid, who will progress there. All to play for, really, because even Inter and Shakhtar could go through. We'll see what happened there. And then, sadly, we have to take a look at the, once again, ugly head of racism rearing its head and making itself known and also showing that, you know, we still have a long way to go in football and in society. But without further ado, we shall look at the big matches. And, Billy, do you just want to start with uh, Leipzig United because... It was the one that you were looking forward to most, and now you're probably wishing you hadn't had to see. Yeah, let's just let's just get it out of the way. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to talk about the first 20, 25 minutes, United didn't look anywhere near awake, or they didn't even look like they realized that they were actually playing. I mean, Leipzig was just popping the ball through those United lines. And it was like, they weren't even there. I think, yeah. And it's become a habit. You could say, like, Ollie comes out and says all this. Oh, well, you know, United have never made it easy for us. Yeah, okay, the odd game. Not every single week it takes like 35 minutes to actually like get going. And I can't understand why... He went with the five at the back, but it just didn't work. Luke Shaw's not match fit. How he's made 150 appearances for us is beyond me. And didn't even know he had that many. Well, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't think it, would you? No, you really wouldn't. But it was just overrun in midfield. Matic and McTominay. It just doesn't work, Matic and McTominay. No, it's two defensive-minded uh, center mids, isn't it? It's you know two big guys who are both good at breaking up play. Um, but arguably have deficits in build-up play. Definitely. And I was quite disappointed, actually, because Wan-Bissaka, who I've sort of waxed lyrical about him on here, about being the best one-on-one fullback in the Premier League. <laughs> Jesus. Angelino taught him a valuable lesson, and that oh. is never stray too far from your guy. <laughs> Oh, honestly, that first goal is so frustrating because you can just see it happening and it happened again and again and again and again. And I mean, it was... Sorry, but it Wan-Bissaka probably had the worst game I've ever seen him play. I mean, he just didn't look like, you know, the left-back who we both put in our Premier League team of the season at the end of last season. 
Yeah, comfortably his worst game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we put him over Trent Alexander-Arnold. Exactly. Well, well, here we go. So, it speaks volumes about that team when so you have five changes in the Champions League. So, Van der Beek came on. Paul Pogba came on. Axel Tranzebe came on. Timothy Fosu-Mensa came on. And it's like, it completely changed that game. Like, Mino Raiola aside... Paul Pogba grabbed that game by the scruff of his neck. It was his pass to Greenwood for the penalty. You can say it wasn't a penalty all you want, and it wasn't. <laughs> and it was him that headed the ball onto Harry Maguire's hand. And then it went in. So arguably, we should have lost that game 3-0. They, should, they shouldn't have been a late comeback. I don't know, but the, the one where he you know, heads it onto Harry Maguire's hand, allegedly, I'm, I'm still a little bit unsure about that one. I, I don't personally have a problem with that goal. The penalty I have a massive problem with because that's just a shoulder-to-shoulder challenge. And, you know, Konate can't do anything about the fact that he's three weight classes above Mason Greenwood. You know, shoulder-to-shoulder with Konate, you more or less have to be Anthony Joshua to basically not go flying. And yeah, but it's a risky run going shoulder to shoulder in the box with a a quick forward. Like Kanate's not a, a new player. Yeah, you're you're not wrong, but you know, at the end of the day, everyone makes such a big deal about you know the physicality of the Premier League and some of the fouls that United were drawing, in my opinion, were soft as all hell. Yeah, I can't argue. I mean I stopped watching after 60 minutes because I just couldn't I couldn't put myself through it and it doesn't help it sounds stupid because yeah it's just football and it doesn't have an effect on my greater life and all that but that has an effect on your happiness and uh, I I definitely feel that I don't know and I I don't want to call for a manager's job because for all I know we could go and beat City on Saturday night well, we do know that when his job's on the line, Solskjaer is usually the manager to pull it out of the bag. Honestly, I'd be starting Paul Bulber in that game. Yeah, I would too. Especially the way, I mean, he he definitely didn't look like a player who wanted to leave Manchester United. And, you know, as you know, I think as much as we definitely have said that Raiola is, you know, probably the worst agent or a manager's nightmare agent. Paul Pogba never came out and said, you know, my manager may have gone a bit overboard with his statement, which means he probably, you know, condoned slash met with Raiola and actually made sure to put that statement out, which on the one hand speaks volumes. And on the other hand, it just also shows how professional Paul Pogba is that he's still after a statement like that is made in, in the press and it's made publicly that he still puts out a performance like he did. Yeah. He's he's arguably one of our best players. And I think on the flip side of that, leaving Pogba and leaving all that for Leipzig just wanted it more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the the best metaphor for Leipzig wanting it more is when on the third goal the cross comes in and it actually seems across, you know, too slow to, you know, bring any real danger. And Maguire full on switches off. He thinks, hmm. No one's coming in behind me, so the hey, I can get to that. I won't trouble it. Little does he know that, you know, Justin Kluivert 
didn't switch off whatsoever and goes through and nabs at home for three nil. I think that was basically just telling of United's performance uh, to some extent, because, you know, at the beginning they didn't, they weren't awake and conceded two goals and just throughout the match, as you said, Leipzig wanted it more. I full credit. I'm, I'm not, not bothered about the Europa League at all, to be honest. Yeah. It's a bit depressing that, you know, it's now going from away days at, PSG and Leipzig to going to away days probably Wi-Fi password FC. Yeah, basically, you know, some some two thousand man stadium in the middle of nowhere. Well, it's just a nothing competition for me now. It's the same as the Carabao Cup. I'd rather just not bother. It's just an extra, you know, that, unneeded. It sounds quite ungrateful, but. You know, because some teams like Everton and that be dying to play European football, but it's it's about the standard. You know, yeah. United, you hold Manchester United to a higher standard when you know just associating the club with you know Champions League. You just don't associate Manchester United with the Europa League. Given I know they've won the Europa League in recent years, but still. Anyway. Should we move on to the other title decider, which, or title decider, group stage decider um, in Gladbach versus Real Madrid? I mean, just a little side note, I completely didn't clock that they kept playing at uh, the Real Madrid Castilla Stadium rather than the Bernabeu for like half the Champions League matches. Yeah, why is that? I want to say it's something to do with the fact that they also are trying to push through the renovations of the Bernabeu, but I'd almost argue it's more to save the costs of um, having to host a match at the Bernabeu because, you know, just to get all the staff there for the, um, for the game and, you know, to get the pitch back in order after the game, that's probably a lot of costs that fall on Real Madrid. We all know Real Madrid are up to their neck in debt because of, they're spending in the last few years. So I, I'm just going to assume that's the case. I don't know for oh, sure. That, here we go. Uh, this is from goal.com. The Real Madrid are not currently playing at the Santiago Bernabeu because the stadium is undergoing extensive renovations. Okay, there we go. Who's the first one? So uh, they, did sh- they have shown that, um, you know, those massive renovation plans that basically make the uh, Bernabeu look like a UFO. I'd be mad. It probably will be. I, I'm personally not a fan, but, you know, teach their own. But the game against Gladbach, in the end, it kind of didn't make much of a difference because it, Inter Milan only drew with Shakhtar. Yeah, that being said, that was probably one match where I'd say Gladbach didn't play at all well. You know, there were... Because there were long stretches of the game against Inter last week, which they still did well in, in my opinion. And they just they just fell asleep at very, very important moments in that match. But this match, they just weren't up to the task whatsoever. I mean, where was the Gladbach we saw in the first five matches of the group? You know, the Gladbach that held Real Madrid to a 2-0 uh, or at a 2-0 lead for 87 minutes and then very unluckily conceded in the last few seconds. That, that, that team was just nowhere to be found. It was, the thing is, it was much the same players that were playing tonight. Yeah, you talk about where was that team. I think Alassane player of 
two or three matches ago, he puts that chance away every day. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent miss. Would you say it's it's down to the fact that they were almost choking when the pressure was on? I think so a little bit. It's not really a situation you see Gladbach in very often, is it? Going for the last sixteen of the Champions League. So Very maybe, often, this is the first time in club history they've made it to the round of 16 of the Champions League. Well, there we go. So maybe a bit of naivety. Yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely see it because... Because, you know, problem on. club Real Madrid ended up topping the group. And I, I said they'd probably go out. I think everyone thought they were going out, especially when they went down, when they lost to 3-2 to Shakhtar when Shakhtar were missing... Nine out of their ele- out of the starting eleven. You know, I I I dare say that Real Madrid got very lucky this group stage and then just made it when it counted. But I mean, Real Madrid, arguably Real Madrid, did not deserve to go through to the round of sixteen. I mean, I know on paper they do, but you know the way they played. Yeah, if you were picking, if it was going through based on the way teams played in that group, it'd be Gladbach and Shakhtar. Oh yeah, definitely. But Shakhtar are just done in by an inability to defend properly. Except for the last game, where they hold Inter to a nil-nil draw. And I mean, they defended for their lives in that game. I thought it was great. You had all the Gladbach players crowded around. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When, when, I think the German commentator was like, Jesus Christ, they're cornered around an iPhone 5, I think. It's an even smaller screen than all, than all the rest of them. Get one of the coaches out with his phone in his pocket. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was great to see those scenes, but um, I think we have to have a notable mention of Shakhtar's goalkeeper, Trubin, because the kid made some saves. It were insane. Yeah, and I mean, I 19 think- years old. Yeah, it won't be long until someone else in Europe snaps him up. Mm. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I think there are a lot of teams who de- like to have a uh, six-foot-six goalkeeper. With Especially with that. the reflexes as well. You don't talk, oh, you yeah, don't yeah. normally have those reflexes. It's like, I get shades of throwback to Michel Vorm. He's only like 5'5 five, five or something, or 5'6". But his reflexes uh, are insane. So if you sacrifice the height, you get the reflexes. But he seems to have the reflexes and the height. Which arguably is a combo that serves goalkeepers very well for just in general making it to the top of that position in the world. You know, you're Manuel Neuer, you're uh, Alison Becker, Mark Andelitesch-Degen. And playing in the Europa League, that'll just do him even more good. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Shall we talk? So, who went through then? Exactly my my thoughts. Just as a you know a sort of roundup of this group stage. You know, we've now this is our sixth European edition. So we've got from Group A, Bayern and Atletico Madrid going through. No surprises there. Bayern finishing with a solid sixteen points. Only drew to Atletico Madrid. They arguably played with their, you know, C team, not even their B team in that match. No surprises, really, is it? Not really. I think if you pick, those would have been the two teams in the two positions. Yeah. I think at the start of the Champions League, and 
arguably similar with Group B before it all started. You probably picked Real Madrid to go through. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think anyone had Gladbach. I think everyone said, you know, Inter and then Gladbach to, you know, sadly make it to the Europa League once again. You know, they surprised us. They really did. And I mean, we were we were gushing over over Gladbach in the in their first couple of games. Full credit to him. And I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago about Antonio Conte's job at Inter. I think now uh-huh. they better start performing in the league and challenging for the title because otherwise he could so easily be gone. I really could. Funnily enough, uh, it is the battle of the two Milan teams for the top place in the minute. And, um, you know, a certain Ibrahimovic is the one who's making that title race hell for Inter right now. But moving on to Group C, City and FC Porto. Yeah, fairly standard. I don't think Marseille or Olympiacos were ever going to go through. Nah, not really. City with only one goal conceded in six matches in the Champions League. New record. Yeah, but who who do they really play, though? You're not wrong. A Marseille (laughs) side that, let's be honest, adoreful. And Porto and Olympiacos aren't known for their mad attacking talent anyway. Not in the True, Champions but you could, anyway. I mean, you could say the same of, uh, of Liverpool's group with the fact that they only had Atalanta, Ajax and Midtjylland. Yeah, but Atalanta were one of the top scorers in Europe last year. Okay, you got me there. <laughs> so, Anyways. I think Liverpool and Atalanta from that group are definitely the two that I'd have picked to go through. Really? You would have picked Atala- uh, Atalanta over Ajax? I wouldn't have. No, yeah, Atalanta, based off last season, yeah. Fair play. I still would have pegged Ajax to go through. I'm uh, a little bit disappointed to see them bow out of the Champions League already. Group E, Chelsea and Sevilla, fairly standard as well, no? Yeah, especially after Chelsea took Ren's first choice goalkeeper. <laughs> Finally, uh, Ren, not even get... in the Europa League now. It's Krasnodar that went through. Uh, that, that's, I think that's the more shocking thing in general, when it comes to the teams who advance to the next round um, in the Champions League, it was more about the teams who actually ended up making it to the Europa League and, and then some of the teams who bowed out. I mean, Inter, for example, are not going to be playing any European football in the first half of 2021. Stupid, but the players, some of the players they've got as well. Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, you have to say that they're back line. Oh, yeah, they can't defend. I mean, you've got Matteo Damian and Ashley Young. And De, De Vrij is, he's decent, but he's not all that. Disappointed in Milan Skriniar, actually. Yeah. But then he's again, been pegged. He's been pegged with a big move as well. Yeah, exactly. Spurs and City want him, apparently. But one centre-back can't defend for a whole team. No, by no means. Dortmund and Lazio in Group F. Yeah. No surprises there, really, either. No, I think I mean, Bruges are always going to peg for Europa League, I think. We we were hoping for the sensation where they, on the last match day, then beat Lazio, and it almost did happen. You have to say, they were so close with that 2-2 draw. They were so close to making it 3-2. There may have been, might have been, you know, 10 more minutes in that game. Oh, but, it was that stupid red card, though. Yeah. That killed yeah. that. What was he doing? It was like three or four times he could have been sent off in that first half. 
It is, it is just, you know, it, it was a boneheaded move. No, no doubt about it. And I mean, sadly, probably one of the, one of club Bruce's best opportunities to maybe, you know, make it through and set their own club record. But I think group G very, very obvious as well. Who was going to go through there? Juventus and Barcelona, um, Cristiano Ronaldo terrorizing the camp new again. Yeah, Messi, well, difficult to single out Messi for it because Barcelona in general didn't <laughs> at the races. And they haven't done ever since that 8-2. I said it when it happened. You completely just destabilized that club from the top down. <laughs> from the president all the way down to the pitch manager... Pretty much. I bet the kit man cries laying out the socks in the morning. He probably does. Every time he lays out the uh, the the home kit, he's just remembering the the fact that the it was that home kit that Barcelona were wearing when they got decked. It's not fair. Those people have families, man. Uh, it is. It is awful. It is awful. I know, but I just don't feel bad at all. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, and then Group H. I'm not gonna lie. Maybe people would have favored uh, favorited um, PSG and Man United to go through, but well, at the end of the day, you have to say it could have been any three. I mean, especially after the first two weeks, we beat PSG away and then battered Leipzig five nil. Oh, I think everyone had United pegging uh, pegged for the uh, for the group win. Even oh, uh, it was a f- well, it was a loss in Istanbul. Istanbul. No need for that. See, with that, you wouldn't have had to, you know. Well, even PSG if we game, drawn it, we'd have gone through. Yeah, it, it was, was the PSG. It's like, oh, the PSG game wouldn't have mattered. No, it shouldn't have mattered. We should have gone through with twelve points, beating Istanbul twice. But no, everyone decided to camp on their eighteen-yard box and give Dembabar all the space in the world. <laughs> it's hard to argue. I mean, just the worst defending I think I've ever seen this season so far. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure we'll put some contenders forward again. Uh, you're not wrong. I mean, Olympiakos was just dead awful today. So I, I guess there's something to be said for that. You know, good old Rafinha can't even uh, sort that back line out. Uh, should we move on to the somber, sobering topic? I think we kind of have to, don't we? Yeah, we really do. So racism still exists in football. I can't believe this is the second episode that we have to dedicate more than a sizable portion of to racism. We've now been doing this podcast for seven months. And the fact that we already have to have, you know, two episodes almost dedicated solely to racism in football just shows how far football still needs to come. And it is just, it is just depressing to see. I, yeah, and for for those of you that don't know, so basically what happened is last night Istanbul Basaksehir here were playing PSG at the Stade de France, and the Istanbul Basaksehir here assistant coach Pierre Weber was rightfully to be booked for like general protests and things like that, but it was the way the Romanian fourth official pointed him out to the referee. And the language he used. And then it all kicked off and the Istanbul players walked off. And then uh, Kim Pembe heard what had happened and he ordered all the PSG players to go off the pitch. 
Uh, Mbappe heard it as well. Uh, yeah. He also said, you kidding? That's actually just happened. Yeah, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. I mean, it's it's also understandable. I mean, I was I was basically wait after after Assemble walked out. I was basically waiting for PSG to do the same because if we're being, I mean, completely honest, a lot of there were a lot of uh, black people on PSG's team as well. So I was ba- I was just basically waiting for it because I, they wouldn't have stood for that either. And you know, it's it's 2020. Like, come on, man. You don't. If if you're not going to go, if you're not going to say, "Oh, here, that white guy over there is making is making a ruckus," he, you know, send him send him off or caution him at least. Then you can't say, "Oh, that black guy is making is causing a scene." Give him booking. It's just baffling how some people still don't understand that that's a problem. Well, that's what Denver by. Demba Bar, you know, people's warrior, took the fight to the fourth official. Yeah. And said exactly that. So I say, well, you don't say that white guy. So we'll have to say that black guy. And you could just see the look in this guy's eyes. It's just like, you know, when you know you're a bitch. It's just <laughs> that sort of like wide-eyed sort of uh, looking up at Demba Bar. So I, honestly, someone did really well not to smack him one. Oh, yeah, definitely. And do you know what the worst thing is as well? So they walked off, and then they were like, oh, it's fine. We'll swap him with the VAR official. Yeah, because that's going to make a difference. Okay, so what, yeah. if, if, what if Istanbul get a... Uh, oh, uh, is that a penalty for Istanbul? when he just goes, nah. I'm not saying he would, but that's a possibility. So they, Istanbul wouldn't come back out. They just refused to come back out. Good on them. And PSG supported it, which is fair play to PSG. So they played it tonight with a completely different set of officials. But the thing that really like got me is not that it's still happening because, yeah, that annoys me. It's the fact that the fourth official came out and was like, oh, yeah, but they were calling us gypsies all game. It's like, yeah, but, mate, they just weren't, were they? Because there's, uh, there's pitch-side mics. Yeah, exactly. All over the place. I mean, that. That 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 just makes it worse because it is a that is a cowardly attempt to basically say, oh, they were being racist towards us, so we're going to be racist towards them. It's so I, stupid. It's like being in the playground. It's like, well, you kicked him in the you kicked him in in the chest. I was like, yeah, well, uh, he took my unicorn. It's like it just didn't happen, did it? And oh, it... honest to God. Take away his license, ban him from football, and see. Now we're going to go back. We get back to that, to that discussion that we had in, I believe it was episode three of season one of this podcast, where we're saying, you know, do we completely ban people who make racist remarks in stadiums? Do we completely ban racists from ever being near football again, or do we ban them for a certain amount of time, you know, and hope, you know, that we can rehabilitate them basically and, you know, show them what is the problem. Well, that's, that's the thing. Some people just don't want to be educated. Some people are that ignorant and closed minded. It's no, this is the way it is. This is my opinion and it's not going to change. Yeah. And those people should be banned. I think if someone doesn't, he's a full grown man and, and a UEFA qualified match official, he should know better. 
I mean, no arg- yeah. There's no arguing for, oh, well, he doesn't know any better. Let's just educate him. Because no, <laughs> that's just not the way the world is. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a UEFA educated referee. The amount of training you have to go just to obtain a UEFA B coaching license, you know, let alone, you know, U, UEFA or to become a UEFA fully qualified referee. I mean, that, that, take, that already takes a solid amount of, you know, studying, practice. You know, he's gotten out of Romania before. Like, this, this is not as if, you know, he's only been refereeing in Romania all his life. And then, you know, this is the first time he's seeing the outside world. Like, no. Yeah, That's not how not, this works. It's not, like, it's not like Pierre Weber is the first black man he's ever seen in his life. Yeah. And, I, it's, and it's, it's, it's a ridiculous thing. And you just know what the response from UEFA is going to be. It's going to be some pathetic little fine. Yeah, it's going to be a little slap on the wrist. It's like just a 200 euro fine or something. It is just unbelievable. I mean, UEFA should do more. UEFA should be obligated to do more just from a financial standpoint. Do you know how much money it probably costs to reschedule this match? You know, make him, make him pay for, for the whole rescheduling. A, make him feel it. You know, make him feel that he's done something wrong. You know, don't give him a two year, two hundred euro fine where he's just going to be like, "Well, looks like I'm not getting my PlayStation until January." Then you want to see him banned completely, but you know it'll probably pop up in the last sixteen. It's just, it is just disgusting. And unfortunately, there's not much two people sat behind microphones in in England and Germany can really do apart from just keep bringing awareness around about it. Definitely not. And I mean, it's, it's probably, this most likely won't be the last episode that we do where, you know, racism in football becomes an issue. I mean, we, it's cropped up again and again. We talked about it with the handling of Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden when they broke quarantine. We talked about it with, you know, Marcus Rashford and the way he's handled in the public eye by the tabloids. It's great to see then the pictures of the game today where, you know, around the full uh, center circle, everyone knelt um, with their fist in the air as a sign of solidarity and as, as basically a symbol of Black Lives Matter. Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting did the same thing after he scored today for Bayern as well. And, you know, it's great to see that kind of solidarity, but, you know, every time as I said, racism rears its ugly head. It's just, it's sickening. You know, you, d- you just don't understand how people can still think that way today. No, something needs to, something needs to change. And it's it, and let, until it does, it's going to stay like this. Yeah. And I mean, we, all we can do, as you said, rightly said, you know, we can speculate behind the microphone as to what to do, what, what is the best you know, course of action. Do you go with a full-time ban? Do you make it, you know, I mean, we've both agreed, uh, as I said, in, in, in that previous episode where we talked extensively about uh, racism in football, just, and it, this was just after the George Floyd killing in, in the U.S. You know, you have to make these fines a little bit harsher on clubs, for instance. You know, if, if, if there are supporters who, are racist in the stands. I know supporters aren't allowed in stands very much at the minute and except for in the UK and Europe's top five leagues. But, you know, once supporters come back, 
you know, make it, make it so that it hurts clubs, make it, you know, multi-million euro pound fines, you know, make it, make it really hurt so that no one even gets that notion in their head. It's just, it's not unique to any one country. No, well, it goes back to what I said. I think you should have like photo ID on season tickets. Yeah. So they can pin, you know, you can try and pinpoint where people are and you know exactly who that is. And you can ban them from the stadium. Yeah. You know, take away their season ticket. Like they might have paid multiple hundreds of pounds for it, but you do that, you don't deserve it. Yeah, definitely. So let's finish with something a bit lighter. Out of those 16 teams, and I want an unbiased opinion. Mm. Who's your pick for this year's Champions League? Do you know what? None of there is not one team that I could pick out right off the top of my head. I'd actually have to weigh a couple of them up because if I'm being totally honest, even the top teams have shown massive deficits in um in some areas. You know, Juventus Turin just sometimes don't show up properly like in the first match uh against Barcelona where they went where they lost 2-0. Bayern have a great attack but then are way too open at the back. Those are the two teams that would come off the top of my head right now as favorites to win if I'm being honest. Because they've seen they seem to be the clubs who are most at it during the group stages and, you know, in the leagues as well. But I, if I'm being honest, I can't, I couldn't really tell you because at this point, this season's so crazy and there's so much going on. There could be surprises in every match. Yeah. They were going to be my two picks. Probably. I, I would say PSG a close third, but you say Bayern are open at the back PSG even more so. And PSG just don't have a back line that is, you know, Champions League worthy, I think. You know, there's always that saying, you know, attack wins games, defense wins titles. And Bayern have proved that their defense can win titles. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a fully fit Liverpool, if they can get, you know, Van Dijk and everyone back fit. But even there, I mean, one thing. Even then, that's a bit of a stretch. It's been a bit of a weird season. Yeah, and I mean, Liverpool just haven't looked at it ever since, you know, the, la- the last game of the Premier League before Corona hit. Sod it, SS Lazio for the Champions League. <laughs> oh my God. No, I, do you know what? I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't mind backing uh, RB Leipzig as a dark horse. Do you know what? If we're going to go out, I'd rather go out to someone that wins it. There you go. I'm, so, so our dark horse pick, uh, RB Leipzig to win the Champions League, completely, you know, out of the blue. Well, there we go. Make for a good headline. (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh, Jesus! All of Germany would hate it. Oh, it 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 would just it would fuel the hate fire. Oh, that they've bought themselves a Champions League. Red Bulls bought Leipzig a Champions League. Uh, The the headlines would be massive. (laughs) Well, there we go. So there won't be a European edition until the round of sixteen returns in twenty twenty one, but we'll be back weekly on Mondays to round up all the weekend action from the Premier League and the Bundesliga. The good thing is, guys, there's going to be a lot of midweek games 
in the league as well. So whenever there isn't a European edition on, most likely there'll be a midweek Premier League or Bundesliga game or both. So do not despair. Content will be readily available and it will keep coming. We'll get you through the dark, depressing COVID Christmas. Oh, 100%. Not gonna, even the Bundesliga is coming off, uh, coming off a short break. Bundesliga is already going to be back on the second of January, uncharacteristically early. So, something to look forward to then. Definitely, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, do your thing on social media. We appreciate it ever so much. But thanks for listening, guys. Keep calm. Love the beautiful game.